The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. And after returning to Galatia after some time, it was hard for Paul to understand how the Galatians could be so quickly deceived. Listen to me. How could they be so deceived? So Paul had to ask him the question. Paul clearly said to them, somebody had to bewitch you that you should not obey the truth. Paul says, before your own eyes, Jesus Christ was set evidently before you, among you as crucified. What is Paul saying? You see, Jesus was not crucified in Galatia. Jesus was crucified in, outside of Jerusalem in Judea. But what Paul is saying to you, the anointing was so great. The power of God was so convincing in my preaching. Many of you believed. Some of you might have stood up, jumped, and shouted. But you believed the message, and you begin to follow Christ. Now, just in a short time, I've come back to visit you. And I'm disappointed that so many of you have now been deceived. That sounds like Christians in the 21st century to me. Too many Christians are deceived. Too many Christians are blinded. We're blinded with religion, blinded with legalism. We're blinded with church rules and regulations rather than rejoicing in the truth of the gospel of God's grace. So Paul had to ask the question, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you would not obey the truth? You know, in light of today's climate in this pandemic, I could easily ask the question, when I read about so many COVID deniers, so many vaccine resistors, many of them are Christians. Many of them are those that say, Jesus is my Lord. And I like to ask them this question, oh, foolish Christians, who have been with you? that you would not obey the truth. God has blessed us with life-saving vaccines, and yet there's still those who resist. But yet some of them will say, I love the Lord, and I believe Jesus came to give me life. But they're doing everything to resist life. People are dropping like flies. I'm telling you this right now if you don't know it. Voices are crying out from the hospital rooms. Take the vaccine. I made a mistake and I don't want you to make the mistake. Voices are crying out from the ICU units, the intensive care units. They're crying out in the last dying breath. Take the vaccine. And if you can hear voices in the grave, you will hear people calling out from the grave, take the vaccine. But yet have to stand here before you 
I know I'm preaching to the choir, to those of you here in the sanctuary, but this stream goes around the world. But yet I got to stand here before you and ask the question, oh, foolish Christians, who hath bewitched you that you will not obey the truth? What does it mean to be bewitched? What does it mean to be bewitched? Remember, Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and he said these words. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrine of devils. What does it mean to give heed to seducing spirits? It means to be deceived by seducing spirits and the doctrine of demons. How's it that Paul has to write to Christians and say, some will fall from the faith in the latter days. How will they fall from the faith? He says they'll be seduced. They'll be deceived by devils and the doctrine of demons. So what does it mean to be bewitched? There was a television show, a sitcom that was aired in the 60s and the early 70s, and the television show was called Bewitch. And this television show was about a witch whose name was Samantha, and Samantha was married. Her husband's name was Darren. Darren was an ordinary man. But what Samantha would do, she would use her witchcraft and her magic spells to solve family problems. I am telling you, there is no witchcraft that's going to solve this pandemic. I am telling you, there is no magic spell to get around medical science or the will of God. There is no witchcraft. So if you're waiting to be bewitched, you've already been bewitched, and I ask you, old foolish Christians, who, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? You cannot solve your marriage problems, your family problems, with some kind of magic or some kind of magic spell. Huh? Now, I'm calling this message bewitched. Now, the, the most common understanding of the word bewitched, it simply means you've been affected. You've been influenced by witchcraft. Don't get quiet on me now. You've been influenced by witchcraft or some kind of magic spell. There's a lot of people that's been bewitched. A lot of people under the influence of witchcraft. They act like they're under the influence of some kind of magical spell. That's what it means to be witch. But here in Galatians chapter 3, here in the New Testament, the word bewitch has a different connotation. And I need you to hear this. When Paul said, oh, Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. Paul was saying to the Galatians, who have fascinated you, who have deceived you by false representation. Yeah. 
Everything that's represented to you is not the truth. Every word you hear preached or taught, even behind this sacred desk, may not be the truth. If you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you know that you're walking with God, why would you let anybody bewitch you and tell you there's something else you got to do? There's something else you got to mix it with. There's something else. And if you don't do the other something else, then you're not saved. Did they save you or did God save you? And if God saved you, you live for God, you obey God and not man. Now I know I'm telling the truth. These people are fascinating you. They're deceiving you. They're making a false representation of you. And they want to call it the gospel. Everybody saying they're preaching the gospel are not preaching the gospel. A lot of so-called preaching of the gospel is nothing but junk. And guess what happens when you eat junk food? You get unhealthy. Come on. Junk food will make you unhealthy. We need the unadulterated word of God. And Paul is challenging the Galatians here. In Galatians chapter 3, I gave you the unadulterated word of God. You believed on God. And now you've let somebody come along and say, there's something else you need to add to it. Something you need to mix with it. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you that you would not obey the truth? Now, these people were called Judaizers in Paul's day. Judaizers. Judaizers were preachers of the gospel that mixed the Jewish religion with Christianity. In other words, they mixed the law with grace. That's right. We got a lot of modern-day Judaizers right now. Huh? They don't think Jesus is enough. They think there's something else you need to do. Something else. And if you don't achieve that something else, maybe you may fall short of heaven. Those were the message of the Judaizers. They felt like even though the new converts at Galatia was all excited about God, all excited about Jesus going on with God, they came alone. And they taught to them another gospel. And another gospel is no gospel at all. Because gospel is good news. And it isn't good news if I tell you that even though Jesus died on the cross for you, he shed his blood for you, he was your savior, your redeemer, but that's not enough. That was the message of the Judaizers. Faith in Jesus was not enough. They were telling them, you got to hold to the law of Moses if you really want to be saved. Let me tell you, when, when God delivers you out of something, he never takes you back to it. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? If God delivered you out of something, he ain't taking you back to that. And don't tell him your God delivered you from that man or that woman and you go back. That wasn't God, that was you. Hello, somebody. So the Judaizers, they fascinated and deceived the people of God with false teaching by mixing the Jewish religion with Christianity. They mixed the law with grace. 
They taught a message, not unconditional love and acceptance. See, that's the gospel. And I know it makes some of you uncomfortable. Yes, God loves everybody. And I know a lot of you are hung up on the LGBTQ plus community. You hung up. And let me tell you, the problem ain't really them. It's you. It's your attitude toward them. Huh? I know what the Bible says about what's an abomination. I know what the Bible says about a man having a natural use of a woman and a woman having a natural use of a man, but the Bible also says you are called to love them. You might as well be one of them if you're going to condemn them rather than love them. I'll never defend a person's sin, but I would defend that person because they're created in the image and the likeness of God. And if you think this is weakness, you don't understand the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is that God is love. And anybody he created in his image and after his likeness, we ought to love them. We ought to love them. He didn't call us to be judging folk, condemning folk. You condemn them about their lifestyle, but you got sin in your life. Sin is sin, S-I-N. Let me say it again. Sin is sin, S-I-N. Stop condemning people in the gay and trans community and learn to love them. You want to be the one they come to for help. You want to be the one they gravitate towards. You never heard the saying that bugs will gravitate toward the light. How many bugs have been gravitating towards your light? Maybe your light has been put out. Huh? Maybe you've been listening to the messages of the Judaizers telling you those folks are going to go to hell for this. They're going to go to hell for that. Why would I preach anything that Jesus didn't preach? It is hubris on my part. It is haughtiness, high-mindedness to preach a message Jesus didn't preach. And then you're going to say, he called me. How are you going to call you to preach something he didn't preach? I know I'm telling the truth. You're trying to mix the law with grace. It doesn't work. It's like trying to mix oil and water. They don't mix. Huh? But the Judaizer taught salvation and sanctification was dependent not only on faith in Christ, but in keeping the law of Moses. You know what Paul told these Galatians? He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach to you any other gospel that, that we have preached to you, let them be a curse. Preachers, listen to me. If you're preaching anything that's not in the book, Preaching anything that Jesus didn't preach. Paul says you ought to be a curse. You're not spreading good news. You're spreading seeds of discord, seeds of confusion, calling yourself a preacher. If you, if you were called to preach, then you ought to have confidence in preaching the message of him who called you. See, I don't call nobody to preach. Because I don't want you to preach Jerry. I want you to preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. 
So the Judaizer was saying to them, you see what the enemy does, he seduces us by confusing us, making us think there's something else to get. Why can't we be satisfied with what God has given us? The Judaizers was teaching the Galatians, you got to be circumcised. You got to be circumcised if you're going to be saved. Oh, yeah, I know, I know you love Jesus. You call him Lord, but you got to be circumcised if you're going to be saved. Let me tell you something, beloved. Every one of us have already been circumcised. When Jesus was circumcised, cut in his own flesh on the cross, when he suffered and died on the cross, he suffered in his own flesh. That was my circumcision. Then after Jesus rose from the dead, he sent the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit has circumcised us in our hearts. Can you say? Amen. You don't have to be circumcised in the flesh. You need to be circumcised in the heart. Amen. They were teaching the Galatians, your salvation is by works. You just can't go to heaven based on your faith in Jesus. You got to do some work. But wait, wait a minute. The Bible don't teach that. The Bible don't teach that we should work for our salvation. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 tells us, we ought to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say work for it. He said work it out. In other words, work, practice it, walk in it. You do not have to work for your salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us, for we are saved. Listen to me, beloved. For we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, and it's not by works, lest any man shall boast. What's so hard about that? What's so hard about that? Why does it bother us that people come to Christ and they're still doing things that we say we've been delivered from? The reason they bother you because you really ain't been delivered. You see, you, you came out of Egypt, but Egypt's still in you. Huh? No, no, no. They are saved by grace, through faith, not of themselves. It is the gift of God. And who are you to regulate the gift of God? Who are you to define the gift of God? It is the gift of God. It's not a works, lest any man shall boast. But yet the Judaizers taught the Galatians, no, you got to work for this thing. Huh? You got to keep the law. Why do we keep the law? Why do we keep the law? It breaks my heart that so many Christians still keep the law. The law is our schoolmaster. The law is to teach us and admonish us. But the law is not something we stand on. We stand on Jesus Christ. And it's finished work on the cross. Why are we still keeping the law? Let me ask you again. Why are we still keeping the law? When the last time you told a person they're going to go to hell for drinking, going to go to hell for smoking, going to go to hell for fornication, whatever they do. When the last time you told that, why are you still keeping the law? Paul said, listen very carefully. See, you thought you're being used of God. No, you're being used of the devil. Paul says the strength of sin is the law. The more you talk about people's sin, they become better sinners. 
The strength of sin is the law. I'm not trying to strengthen sin. I want to weaken sin. How do I weaken sin? Telling people about the love of God. Tell them how much God loves them, how much God accepts them, and God will change them. Then Paul told the Romans, Romans chapter 10, verse 4, that Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone to believe. In other words, he's the end of the line. If he's the end of the line, why are you still sitting on that bus? Let me say it again. If he's the end of the line, Jesus Christ is the end of the law unto righteousness for everyone to believe. And you say you believe? Then get off that legalistic bus and get on the bus called grace. Did you hear what I said? Oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not believe the truth? How's that somebody could tell you about God's plan for your salvation? Tell you about God's goodness. Tell you how much God loves you and accepts you. Then you allow somebody to come and say, well, nope, that's not enough. You got to jump through this hoop, and then you got to jump to that hoop. Paul said, who has bewitched you? And let me close and run out of time. But I would be remiss not to ask this question and pose this question to my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ here in Raleigh and around the world. All foolish Christians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? It is just the same way it was hard for Paul to believe that the Galatians have been deceived, fascinated, fascinated and deceived. It's hard for me to understand how people who say Jesus is the Lord, God is their father, yet these same people are playing Russian roulette with their life. It's hard for me to understand that. Just reading today that, that the former president, you know, the one term twice to preach guy, He's making a speech last night in Alabama, and he actually encouraged people to get vaccinated, and he was widely booed. And guess who attends his, his rallies? Christians. Christians. I don't understand that, how they could be bewitched like that, play Russian roulette with your life like that. People are dying. Hospitals are being filled. EMS is saying, don't call. Think twice before you call. We have nowhere to take you. And some families are le le losing two or three family members within the same 24-hour period because they resisted. They either denied this, this pandemic or they resisted the vaccine. But what is our excuse? This vaccine should have been on its knees a long time ago. We should have had this vaccine under our feet, trampled this thing under our feet a long time ago. And even if the church and the church alone had to stood up and say, I'm standing on God's side, I'm choosing life, this thing would be under control right now. But somebody has bewitched them. Huh? Inundated with the truth, surrounded with the truth. But yet, Christians are still dying. When Jesus said, I am come to give you life. When God says, choose life, that you and your descendants may live. 
But they got all kind of religious excuses because we're living in the latter times where some are departing from the faith. Being deceived, being seduced by demons, come on, seducing spirits and the doctors of demons. You know what some of these doctors are? Let me, let me just share a few with you before I take my seat. Some of these ignorant Christians, oh, sincerely ignorant now, but conscientiously stupid. Some are saying that vaccine is the mark of the beast. Listen to me, beloved, don't miss this. If the vaccine is the mark of the beast, that means you missed the rapture. If the vaccine is the mark of the beast, that means you're not even saved. If you look at Revelation chapter 13, it is after Jesus gathers his church out of the earth. It is after the seven-year tribulation period that the beast even comes on the scene. The beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet, they don't even show up on the earth until the saints are out of the earth. So if you believe this vaccine is the mark of the beast, then you must believe you're not saved. And I implore you to get saved. Some of them are saying, well, this is a government host, a, a government host to control me. I don't know one way if, if it's a host, I mean, if it's to control you. Yeah, I don't believe it's a host. But even if it were a host to control me, I would rather that somebody use a hoax on me and control me and preserve my life than not hoax me and I die. The choice is yours, the vaccine or the virus. The vaccine or the virus. The choice is yours, huh? Some ignorant Christians, some, well, you take that vaccine, it's like your body is magnetized. The only magnetization you ought to have in your body is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And if you have the Holy Ghost in you, and if you appeal to the Holy Ghost, he would not lie to you. He tells the truth. He doesn't speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears. He shows us things to come. He leads us and guides us to all truth. That's the only magnetization I need in my body is the Holy Ghost. Huh? Some ignorant Christians have said, well, they're inserting a chip in your body. Inserting a chip in your body. If you got a chip that's going to help me to live and not die, give me the chip. Give me the chip. These are the things ignorant Christians are saying. And I'm telling you, they are bewitched. Huh? They have turned unapologetically a deaf ear I'm trying to quit. A deaf ear to the truth, huh? By rationalizing and debating the facts and the reality. The fact is people are dying. The reality is if you don't take the vaccine, you got a good chance to go home to meet Jesus before your time. Huh? And they're rationalizing all the stuff, debating all the stuff because they're based on their own assumptions, their own illusions, their own conspiracies that they bought into. And I say to you, oh, Christian people, who hath bewitched you that you shall not obey the truth? Give the Lord some praise. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.